Hello, my incredible fucking queens. How are we? How has your week been? How has your life been? What's been happening? My week's been super, super good. I've gotten back off a holiday. I went home to see my parents and, well, my family in general. And I haven't been home in ages. And it was such an important thing for me to do. And I feel like I knew before going home that it was going to be something quite transformal. Transformal? transformational. That was the word I was looking for, gals. Don't stress. And when it came to going home, I felt apprehension. I knew I had to work through a bit of inner child and just, you know, work through those blocks that we all have with our family. And if you want to know more about that, I can go into that in a lot more depth in another podcast. Just let me know. But that was amazing. I'm home now. There's nowhere like home. Getting home, unpacking, back into routine. It is just amazing. Amazing. I actually already recorded this podcast and then yesterday I was editing it and I deleted it and it was on a different topic. So we're just going to mix it up today. Today I want to tell you all about my journey to where I am now and if I could go back in time to maybe four or five years ago, what I would tell myself. Just a few tips at the end. So with me, we you all know who I am. My name is Millie. I'm a 24-year-old from the Gold Coast and I grew up in Cairns. I grew up in far north Queensland, one of the best places in the world, I think. It's so, so beautiful. I lived with my parents, my mum and my dad, and I have a brother. They were together up until I was about 12, 11 years old. They had a separation, which was a little bit messy, but not nothing crazy. I went to a nice primary school. I had pretty good friends. And then I feel like when I went into grade eight, so I think I was around 12, 13 years old, my parents had a separation. It was a little bit messy, lots more to it. And I will go into a lot of that in further podcasting. And my life kind of started to take another turn. So it, it kind of started to change like every child's life does through a breakup. I found myself kind of a little bit lost with no direction and a bit all over the place. Of course, I was going through puberty. I was a 13-year-old girl as well, so that wasn't helping. I didn't really know what I was doing and I always found myself stuck with friends at school. So growing up, I've always had I've always had friends. I've never struggled to find friends, but I've always struggled with being my authentic self in friendships. And that's something up until very recently that I've still struggled with. And I'm only just now really stepping away from that and really stepping into a part of me where I'm like, no, that doesn't align. You're not my vibe. And just disintegrating that friendship and being okay with doing that and not feeling guilty and not pressuring myself to be in a friendship that I don't actually want to be in. I was always a people pleaser growing up. I'm not anymore, but I was a massive, massive people pleaser. So I would find myself in these friendships with girls from school that weren't nice at all. Or if they were nice, they were really just using me. I would really go out of my way to be so nice to them and so, you know, over the top and do so much for them when in reality, I really didn't need to. But that was something obviously that I had learned from being quite young. And that's a behavior that I had learned. And I really had to break that behavior and I really had to unpack that and why I was like that. So I kind of got to the age of 13, 14 My parents were separated. My brother was off doing his own pubescent boy thing. And I found myself a lot of the time feeling quite alone. I felt very 
isolated, kind of like I didn't really fit in. I played music when I was back in high school and I would find myself always in the music room. So if I wasn't in the music room, I was somewhere else. And I did have a few close girlfriends, don't get me wrong. It wasn't like I didn't have any friends, but my close girlfriends, I still felt like I never really fully belonged or I never really fully aligned with them. Other than that, my schooling was fine. I didn't, I hated school. I didn't like it. I had two incredible music teachers that was such a pinnacle, that was such pinnacle people in my childhood. And they really allowed me that direction and that somewhat parenting with my behavior that I really needed. And music really did get me through high school. I used to perform a lot. I used to sing a lot. And I used to really just, it was like my way of emotionally communicating. And it was what I did. And then as I got older, I moved out of home when I was 17 years old. So I moved out of home really, really early. I got my license as soon as I could. I fell in love for the first time at about 16. Little did I know it wasn't love, but you know, childhood love. Had my first, what I thought was a heartbreak. And honestly, I look back to that now and I think I actually thought I was going to die. Like, I'm sure that we've all been there where you actually think you're going to (laughs) die. I remember thinking like, this is the worst thing and I'm never going to be able to get through this. And my mum was so worried about me. But I did have a great childhood and I grew up in high school, you know, doing the norm, going to parties and, you know, being a bit naughty. And I did have a bit of a tumultuous relationship with my parents at certain times. I was not rebellious, but I was very confused and I had step parents and it was all just a lot. And I, you know, I really couldn't, I really couldn't figure out how to communicate how I was feeling emotionally and what I needed in a parent child relationship. I really struggled there. And then I turned 17. I had my license and I moved out of home straight away. I moved out of home with um, two girlfriends into an apartment and it was awesome I worked my ass off. I've always had a job since I was about 12 and a half was my first job working at a coffee shop. And since that day, I've never not had a job. I've always worked. I've always looked after myself. I've always been hustling. I've always been hustling. Then I finished school and I actually wanted to do music. So I wanted to do music my whole childhood. Music was my thing. You'd always find me singing somewhere or performing somewhere or always. And I really wanted to do music, but it just didn't suffice. It didn't work out for numerous reasons. The main reason was it was just all too hard with money and, you know, being able to financially support myself. So I didn't want to ask my parents to help me. It was going to be in Melbourne where the school was. It was, there were medical things. It was all just too much. So I really thought to myself, like, right, what am I going to do? At the time I was finishing grade 12. I was living out of home. I was like, what do I want to do if I can't do this? Because I knew that I had to do something. I've always been like my mindset growing up with my parents was not that I didn't have to go to uni, but I had to do something. And I always had this massive want to um, have my parents be proud of me. I always wanted someone to be proud of me. I always wanted that external gratification from someone. And I found myself being like, well, what am I going to do? At the time I was working in Cotton on Body and I had another job at a cafe. I was working crazy hours. I was a busy little bee. I was always doing something and I really felt like I needed a purpose. I'll go into this in another podcast, but 
I've always been someone who's used busyness and hustling to allow myself to not have to deal with my inner issues and my inner traumas and my inner emotions. So I went to a university open day in Cairns with my mum and my stepdad. And I remember him saying to me so clearly, back in my day, (laughs) everyone who did nursing, they were the best girls, you know, everyone wanted to be with a nurse. And, and I was like, right, that's it. I'll do nursing. And that, like, that was literally my decision. I applied for it. I got in somehow. My OP wasn't even that good, but I got into it and then I just started it. And then that nursing degree gave me a purpose to be doing something. That was what I was doing. So I always needed a definition behind me or I always needed like something to be like, oh, I'm at uni doing nursing because I wasn't purely happy with just being me if I wasn't doing something or if I didn't have a label behind me. So I went to uni, I did nursing, I somehow passed. I was the most unacademical person at school. I did four subjects of music and a subject of English to get my OP somehow. My teachers just pulled through for me and sorted it out. And I went through nursing and I hated my, I hated university. I hated it. I wasn't academic. I didn't enjoy it. I got in trouble all the time, especially on placement. I got in trouble 24-7. I was either too loud, too annoying. I thought I was funny. People would misunderstand me. Oh my God, it was constant, absolutely constant. When it came to my last placement, I got pulled in this lady's office for the 300th time in four years. And I was like, look, I have three days left. Just leave me alone. Please let me pass this. And I've never seen her since, thank God. But I finally was doing my nursing. I could do the practical really well. Obviously, nursing was an amazing fit for me. I did the practical really well, always passed, but the theory I struggled. I also got into a um, relationship just as I was starting uni. And that was a massive thing for me. I'd never had a boyfriend. I was totally in love. I was giving that all of my energy. I didn't really have much balance. So I just ran myself ragged, like ran myself ragged for years. That was a very tumultuous relationship. And I will go into that into a lot more detail, but it was super toxic, very up and down, never knowing what's going on, no self-worth during that relationship. So I really did spare myself very thin. During this time, I lost a lot of connection with my family because of being in a relationship and that's natural you know you gravitate to spending a lot more time with your partner but at the time after a few years they didn't like him and it would stop me going around there and it was a really just my my last few years were just a blur so I was going to uni I was hustling so hard I was working in a nightclub at the same time and then I got to the end of my degree I had been going out all the time on the weekend and socializing and it was just crazy. I had a very busy life. I moved into a new apartment with a new girl, was still dating my current partner at the time. And then that was just crumbling more or less. We were breaking up, getting back together, breaking up, getting back together. It was super, super toxic. And in my last um, year of my degree, my partner at the time moved away and I obviously wanted to follow that partner. So I was going back and forward. So I moved back with my mum for three months, which if you've lived out of home, when you move back with your parents, it's insane. Like 
You're a whole different person. So you have to re-figure out how to live together. So I moved back in with my mom and my stepdad, which they were so beautiful for having me back. And I was flying from where I lived in Cairns down to meet this person all the time, going back and forward, back and forward, doing my uni, still trying to work and make money. It was just absolutely hectic. And I was never putting myself first or what I wanted to do ever, 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 ever. So around this time, I kind of was going through this massive shift, which I look back now was probably a bit of my spiritual awakening. And a lot of people do go through spiritual awakenings when they're going through breakups or post a breakup because I found myself in a real position of I didn't have any control and I didn't know what was going on in my life. I had no strength, so I wasn't strong enough to leave this toxic relationship. So it was easier to stay in it than it was to be like, nope, this isn't serving me and I've got to go. And I was young and we all know what it's like. So I eventually moved down to where this person was living. I moved my entire life, moved my whole entire life, which is super funny. Now I look back when I talk about like gut feelings and your instinct and your intuition. My last flight coming home from visiting um, my partner at the time, my body said to me, do not move do not move, do not move. I had this massive download where my body was like, do not do it. And I just totally ignored it. And I'm not unhappy that I didn't because if I didn't ignore it, I wouldn't be where I am today. So it's all a path, you know? But my body was saying to me, do not move, do not move, do not move. But I put my smiley face on, I moved my whole life, moved to this new place. I had no friends. I didn't know what I was doing. I was still finishing my uni externally. And I applied for all jobs down where I was newly living. So it came around to jobs coming out. This relationship was still disintegrating even worse now that we lived together. It was all falling apart and I didn't get a grad job or a, um, a job you get post your nursing degree where I had applied. And I knew it was a massive sign just saying this, nothing here is aligning. This isn't working. Like if I had gotten a job, I probably would have just stayed in that relationship forever because I wouldn't have had a reason to have to go and move and get a job. So I was super, super unhappy and I kind of hit the biggest rock bottom I'd ever hit before. I don't want to say that I'm depressed because I've never felt that feeling of depression before, but I was with a long-term partner who was treating me like crap and we just weren't aligning. I was living in a different city with their parents and I had no support, no one, because I had kind of isolated myself from everyone, friends and family, because They didn't like my partner and it wasn't aligning and it was just, it was super, super sad. Now I look back and I thought to myself, like, what am I fucking doing? And I kind of had this first, I've always been intuitive, but I had this first feeling one night of, no, this is like make or break. You either, like, you need to sort this shit out more or less. So I put my big girl pants on and put my fucking crown on and was like, no, fuck this. I'm not doing it anymore. That was it. I packed my car at like, 9 p.m. at night with all of my shit, broke up with my partner, left this city and drove 24 hours or whatever, however long it was home. And I drove 15 hours in a row without stopping just for fuel. And I got in that car and I look back now and it's like a big blur because I was in such a fight or flight mode. I quit my job that I had down there and I just drove home. And I just knew in my mind, I just kept thinking, I need to get home. I need to get home. I need to get home. And I had so many emotions. I was heartbroken. I was lost. I didn't get a job. And 
but then I was also really happy because I had passed this uni degree that I never thought I would ever be able to pass. I was in such a massive low and I didn't know what the fuck was going on, but I just knew I had to go home. So I got home, back to my hometown in Cairns, didn't tell my parents that I was driving home because they would have absolutely killed me. That was done. Secretly, they were so happy that that relationship was over and that it had dissolved. And I got a job working in aged care and I was super unhappy. I had kind of ruined a lot of friendships that I had in Cairns, which still to this day is probably one of my biggest regrets because they were very, very important friendships and I let them disintegrate from because of this boyfriend and because they didn't like him, which they had every reason not to like him. I tried to rebuild them, but it didn't, it's just not the same, is it? Like when you let something dissolve, it's just kind of not the same again. And then I thought to myself, I don't want to work in an aged care forever. What am I going to do? And at this point, I was really learning. I was educating myself. I had just heard about podcasts. I was really going through this awakening where I just felt lost. Like I didn't know what the fuck I was going on. I felt really confused. I felt like I wasn't aligning with anyone. I didn't connect with my family or friends. And I was just like, this is just an absolute mess. I was like, that's it. I'm getting a bloody graduate, like a graduate position. Because in nursing, if you don't know, if you work in an aged care, it's really hard to then get a job in a hospital. So I called every single hospital in Queensland and begged and begged and begged for a job. Nowhere would give me a job. And then I called Cooktown, this very small, small town in the top of Far North Queensland. And this numb answered and she sounded like Cruella. <laughs> and she was like, no, we've got no jobs, blah, blah, blah. And I was like talking to her on the phone. I was more or less begging her. And she was like, no, no. And she was an old matron nurse. And she hung up on me. And then probably a few days later, she called me and she was like, you can have a job if you can be here on Monday. And it was Thursday. And I was like, I'll fucking be there. So once again, I quit my job. I knew I had to do it. I packed my car. My mom thought I was having a literally a life crisis. And I drove myself to the middle of nowhere in Cooktown in the top of Queensland. And that's kind of where my real story of this awakening kind of started. I was living by myself in a, like a little house in the middle of buttfuck nowhere, Cooktown, where you couldn't do anything. There was two restaurants. There was nothing, like literally nothing. And I started my grad position as a nurse. And it was the most incredible thing to this day that I've ever done in my entire life. It was amazing. I was alone with no one in a home for the first three months. And it was the most powerful thing I ever needed. I needed to learn to be alone all over again. In this time, I just learned and learned and learned and studied and figured out who I was and what I wanted and how I felt. And I really processed the last four years of my life that I had never had time to sit down and think about because I had a lot of fucking time now, a lot of time. I lived by myself and it was just a massive, massive transformational time for me. From Cooktown, I then started to find my groove, who I was again, kind of found my identity all over again. I came to the end of my time in Cooktown. I met an incredible young woman in Cooktown, which we live in the same city now and we're still super close girlfriends. And it's really funny what life brings into your life because I always say to her, I always say, if we had met on the street, we would never have been friends. But because you were put in my path and we had to live together because we were both nurses, We've created this incredible friendship and it will be a friendship that I'll always, always, always be so appreciative of because it was a friendship of growth. I then finished my time in Cooktown and I wanted to 
moved to a bigger city. I was ready for that life again. I was ready for a little bit of oomph back in my life, you know, to meet new people and to date and do some stuff. So I decided I was going to move to the Gold Coast. When I did that, it was a big kind of risk for me because I was like, crap, do I just go back home to Cairns? But it wasn't aligning. And I really had to sit in my kind of feeling. And in Cooktown, there was a lady that was a psychic and she was kind of my first opening to that world. And she said to me, she's like, just go to the Gold Coast, go to what feels right. And I just listened to myself. So I moved my life all over again, back to the Gold Coast. I got a job in um, the Gold Coast in an emergency department. So I got what was my dream job as a nurse. I got a housemate. I moved my whole life back down here. I drove all the way back through my long drive, all the way to the Gold Coast. I set up my life (laughs) in the Gold Coast and the rest is history, really. I still live here now. That was two years ago, just over two years, I think. And it has been the most incredible journey. And then when I got to the Gold Coast, I've made friends, I've lost friends, I still work in the same job, I, you know, have moved to different apartments, I've been to Europe, and it has just been, that's my life path up until now, just so you all know. I'm now living in um, a room share with a beautiful girl, and we, uh, so I now live in the Gold Coast. I'm still working in as an emergency nurse and I'm really tapped into my intuition and that spiritual side and I really knew this was what I wanted to do. And I can go into all of that in a later episode. I now have an incredible relationship with myself which has taken so much work. I have not had a boyfriend since my ex-partner and that's totally okay. I think people move on really quick but we got together when I was so young and so impressionable. It's taken me a long, long time to really work through that relationship and really figure out what do I even want in a relationship? So I'm at a good place now. We're still learning. I'm still growing every day and I still have my own coach and I still, I'm still learning myself. But everything that I've been through, younger women are going to go through eventually. And there's so much that we can give and so much advice I can give to make that then pathways a little bit easier. So I look back to my old self. Well, not my old self, my self of growth. And there's five things that I would tell myself if I could go back to being younger, you know, through my whole childhood or through the last few years. And my number one is that boys ain't shit or whoever you're attracted to ain't shit. I think it's super powerful and I think it's something that every single woman deals with, whether it be female or male. We are so consumed by relationships and attention and external gratification and being good enough and being in a relationship and wanting that label. It's so, so important to honor who you are and what you want. And that's something I've really learned. And it would take me a hell of a lot now to ever be in a relationship because my previous relationship was so, such a mind fuck and so incredible at the same time. It was such a good learning, but I've got so much of me I want to work on. So if someone comes in and it works, that's amazing, but I have boundaries and I have expectations now of a relationship and it's just very different. So that's my number one, like boys ain't shit. And 
If you're confused, they aren't the right person because when you know, you will just know. And I think that's a massive thing. And we're going to smash this out in so many podcasts. We're going to talk about this and really break it down. But if you're confused, they aren't the right person. And that's something I always remind myself of. As soon as I think, oh, do I feel confused? I'm out of there. I'm like, see you later. Bye. My second biggest tip is don't rush your life. I was always in a rush, always in a rush. When I was 12, I wanted to be 14. When I was 14, I wanted to be 18. When I was 18, I wanted to be 25 and married with kids and in love. Like, why are we rushing our lives? Why are we in such a rush to move and move and move? Why can't we just be in the moment? Why do we have such a need to control every aspect of our life and what we're going to be and what we're going to be doing? Our path is already set. So don't be in a rush with your life. Enjoy your life. Sit in the moment. Be in the present. Do not rush your life. And if I could go back to tell my inner child, don't rush your life, I so would. Because little Millie was always in a rush. She was always, always in a rush to grow up. And I was never allowed to just have my childhood and have fun because I was always 3,001 steps ahead of my mind. And that is such a massive, massive, massive thing for me. Do not rush your fucking life. Before we know it, we'll all be 80 and wrinkled and be thinking, God, I wish I was back to that 18-year-old heartbreak. So don't rush your life. Number three, your body isn't everything. So I've always been a young woman that has struggled with body image and weight and binge eating and excessive exercise and losing weight and putting weight back on. And I've always been trying to fit the societal mold of what we should look like, what our weight should be, how people are going to see us. And is a boy going to like me if I'm a size 12? And I've always, always struggled with it. And I've come to the realization that your body isn't everything. It is not everything. And this topic is very large and we will talk about it in one whole one whole podcast episode. But your body isn't everything. Focus on who you are on the inside and nourish who you are on the inside and who you want to be and your body will just follow. Your body is just your spaceship. It's just your portal. It's just your connection to the world. Worry about who you are. Worry about being kind. Worry about being nice. Worry about living your authentic self. Don't worry about what your body looks like. Number four, that gut feeling is actually your intuition. So growing up, I was so intuitive and I always have been, I've always had the strongest, strongest, strongest gut instinct, you'd like to call it. And it's always been, always there. I've always wondered, what the hell is this feeling or why do I have this? And I've always felt really connected to the spiritual world. But obviously being younger, I never knew what the fuck it was. I never understood what was going on. And I just felt like I didn't really know who I was. And as I've gotten older, I wish I would have had some education from being younger about what these niggles felt like and what a spiritual awakening was and what was spirituality. So if you're listening to this and you have really strong gut instinct or you have really strong feeling of knowing things are going to happen or whether things are right or wrong listen to it it is your intuition your gut instinct is always right 
always. And if you have these, chat to me. Let's talk about a little bit of spirituality. Maybe you are more spiritual than you think or Google it or find someone who you feel connected to that can give you some guidance or some knowledge in that area. It's fucking amazing. So number four, your gut instinct is actually your intuition. Fucking listen to that. And five, something that I have recently just smashed through is who gives a fuck what people think? And I'm not saying as in like, oh, I don't care what anyone thinks. I have respect for people and I have respect for their opinions. But who gives a fuck what people think? If you want to do something, if you feel pulled to do something, start a business, start a podcast, become a musician, write some music, put things on Instagram, do what you think is authentic to you. And those who matter won't mind and those who mind don't fucking matter. They just don't matter. Do what you want to do in this life. Trust your own inner instinct. Love yourself enough to follow your gut feeling and your instinct. I think in today's society, as long as everyone comes from a place of love and kindness, we can do no wrong. And if you do something that upsets someone else or is hurting someone's feelings or if they look at your Instagram and they don't like what you're uploading, they can just unfollow. Never be afraid of what others are going to say. Who gives a fuck what people think? So my honeys, I really hope that you enjoyed learning a little bit about me and my path. I hope if you did and you have any questions, swing me a message. I can't wait to dive deeper into a few topics that I've spoken about today and I will. I hope you have the most incredible fucking week. Come see me on Instagram. Come chat to me. You're absolutely incredible. Pop your crown on and smash the weekend. I love you all so much. Bye.